So good to get to enter into this teaching moment with you, and a welcome to those of you connected in our online campus, all kinds of states around the country. Prince Edward Island is connected in this moment as well. Uh, Glad you're with us. We're in a series called The Golden Age, and as we're looking at the Golden Age, what that means is it's the golden age of the nation of Israel. Who are the key people? What are the key themes going on? If we look at what's happening in their lives that made it kind of golden, it's like, huh, maybe we ought to live likewise to make this season and chapter in our life golden as well. Today, we look at the person of Samuel and the theme of listening to God. Little story of a husband. Well, he was concerned with his wife's hearing. He says, I talked to her all the time, and she doesn't talk back and respond to me, so he decides to do an impromptu hearing test. He goes back to the bedroom, and he thinks it's a little bit of a long shot, but he kind of calls out. She, he, he knows that she's in the kitchen bustling about, hey, honey, what's for dinner? And there's no response back that he hears. Yeah, that, that, that's, that, that might not have worked anyway. I mean, who? That's, he comes to the room, looks next to her. He's in the living room. Honey, what's for dinner? No response. Ah. She probably should have heard that, but you know, maybe it's, it's okay. Let me come look. He comes to the edge of the kitchen. She's got her back turned. Honey, what's for dinner? Again, he doesn't hear any response from her. She goes, wow, this is really worse than I thought. He comes up right behind her. He goes, hey, dear, what's for dinner? And she turns around and she looks at him with this quizzical look on her face. She says, for the fourth time, we're having chicken casserole. And a lot of times when we think about hearing, it's this simple, did I hear you? But there's a whole other level that, that, it, that, it, that it can go. I was watching the Cardinals on my computer a few weeks ago, and Terry approaches me, and she says, can, are you listening to a thing I say? Which I think is a really odd way to begin a conversation. There's another, ah, ah, ah. Sometimes... It's a comprehension piece. It's not just simply, did I hear? But did I comprehend? Am I responsive? Am I engaged in this moment? My wife, Terry, does teach kindergarten. And for the better part of one of these days this week, she was in a side room bringing children in, and they were reading a story. Then after the story was read, she'd kind of go, Did, so, so what do you remember about it? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? So much of what it means to listen to God is a, are you picking up what God is laying down? And are you understanding these things? And then are you living into them. Third chapter of Samuel, we hear this narrative. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, the high priest in those days. The word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And isn't it sad that the word of the Lord was rare? And what's happening here in the first part of the book of Samuel is this thing's going to flip. The word of the Lord is not going to be rare going forward. Now, it had been up to this time, but when we get Samuel on the scene, the word of the Lord is going to be incredibly significant, and it's going to be a huge part of what makes the golden age the golden age, because people like Samuel and others are going to follow him are going to hear and listen and respond to the word of God in their lives. And one night, Eli, 
whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down, and he was in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord. What we're understanding here, it gives us kind of a when and uh, where kind of dynamic that there's the, the tent of the Lord, and apparently the, the priestly families have built some kind of uh, residence around it, some kind of apartments and rooms, and Eli is the high priest, and Samuel is attendant. We're staying near at this time. And as we hear that the lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out, if you picture in your mind the, the fancy Hebrew candelabra that's got seven candles on it, that would be the, the, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. They, they would light that in, in the presence of the Lord, and they would light that in the evening and then have light in the presence of the Lord until morning comes. So we know that it's in the very, very wee hours of the morning. But you can see some of the deep symbolism that's taking place. Eli's eyes are growing weak, and Samuel is the young boy that's ministering in in his presence, under his tutelage. And what we're understanding is this. The time of Eli as high priest and the leader of the nation of Israel, that morning's about to dawn and his day's about to be over. And Samuel's about to step into his era of the one who will be the key focus of the nation of Israel to look to for their leadership. And then the Lord called, Samuel, here I am. Now he runs to Eli and he says, here I am. You called but Eli said, Samuel, I didn't, I didn't call you. Go on, go on back to bed. So he went back to lie down. And then again, the Lord calls Samuel. And Samuel gets up and he goes to Eli. And he says, here I am. You called me. Oh, my son. I did not call you. Samuel, go on back to bed. And now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. And that's kind of a, hmm, kind of a, huh, huh makes you think kind of statement that Samuel's around the things of God, and yet he doesn't really know God at this point in time. Gonna, friend, there might be some ones here today that you've been around the things of God for a while, but you have not fully embraced God as your Lord God. And the Spirit of God is gonna speak to you and already is speaking to you. And today is the day that you can say definitively without a shadow of a doubt, I know the creator. I know the savior. I know Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead. I'm seeking forgiveness and I want to follow. And today is your day. Don't miss the moment as God's spirit speaks to you to enter in and embrace that reality for your life. And a third time, the Lord called Samuel. He goes up to Eli again and says, here I am, you called me. And then the light bulb goes off on Eli's head. And I love the tenderness that Eli has towards Samuel. This is not his son. This is someone who's, who's been brought as a young boy and been dedicated to the Lord's service. And he comes from a priestly family. And Eli's the high priest. And this family wanted him as close as they could to the things of the Lord. And Eli realizes it is the Lord that is calling Samuel. So here's the word. He said, all right, here's what you do, Samuel. You go lie down. When he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Samuel goes and he lies down in his place. And the Lord came and stood there calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And he responds, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Before we go on, just on the count of three, can we say that together? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. One, two, three. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Yeah, you are. 
The moments when God speaks, it happens in this dichotomy we see in this passage of Scripture, and we realize it's pretty true in our lives as well. God speaks in very surprising kind of moments and in seeking moments. It's surpri- I mean, Samuel didn't know that God was speaking. It was very much a, a surprise to him. But also he was incredibly discerning when Eli begins to point it out and he's ready to seek God out. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You will find that God speaks in both of those contexts. So, so it's not just one or the other. It's both of those. So it's okay. You might go, I'm kind of surprised. God might, that's, that's right. God will surprise speak and God will also seek speak to you as well. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They will never perish. No one can pluck them out of my hand. I want you to know, child of God, don't doubt when the Spirit of God speaks to you. Now, you might want to just make sure you go, what, huh, what's going on? But you might want to say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. But God's, God's sheep know his voice. I'll just give you a couple little illustrations from, from my life. So, so you go, oh yeah, you've got those in your life as well. So one of them is one that you may have heard before. When I was 14 years old, I was a freshman in high school. We had just taken a career inventory test. I looked at it, never thought about this before, and went, ugh, yuck. Left it in my folder, went home. Now, my mom doesn't usually go through my folder. That night, she happened to go through my folder. She was in the kitchen. What's this, Jimmy? Oh, it's um, a career test thing. Well, well, what, what might you be good at doing? And she begins to go through this. It says you could be in business. And, I, and in my stomach, I went, ugh, this knot went into my stomach. No offense to the business people. Um, and she goes, you could be an administrator. And I went, I don't know, really know what that is. And that doesn't sound good. That sounds like, Ugh. And she, you could be a lawyer. And I felt like throw up come to my mouth. And I, not because I thought lawyers were, were bad, but I just went, I don't want to do that. I just don't want to do that. And it was if so audible, so clear in my mind it was, well, that doesn't matter anyway, Jimmy. You're just going to be a preacher. I felt the Spirit of God say that. And my spirit responded, what? <laughs> Again, that doesn't matter anyway, Jimmy. You're just going to be a preacher. And the peace that came on me in that moment was incredible. Now, I want you to know this, that I believe that we're all called together to do kingdom work together. So a few of us get called to do this particular role, and then several of us do get called to go into business and administration and education and, and, and construction and to build things and, and to caretake for things. And we all collectively together in the callings that God has given us, we all do kingdom of God work together in those locations. And it is a beautiful thing as we work together in doing that. But when I hit my third year of college and I was doing just only ministry courses with other people who were going to be pastor types, I got wigged out. I went, wait a second. I, I, ooh, what, what if this isn't for realsies? What if, what if, what if I'm only doing this pastor thing because I want to make people around me happy because I grew up in this thing, because that's what I'm just sort of used to. If, and I said, if, if the Bible isn't real and, and if Jesus didn't really rise from the dead, I'm out. 
I don't want any part of this. I've got to change the trajectory of my life. It's a seeking moment now. And for the next couple of months, in a very quiet way, I pressed in and tried to discern and figure out. And it was really wonderful in those moments. I went, you know, I really believe the Bible's for real. I really believe this is the very inspired word of God. You can build your life on it. And I really believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead again. And that makes all the difference for each and every one. Okay, I'm in. So a surprise moment and a seek moment. And I know that God speaks to you in similar fashion. Will you mind once again, just saying to the count of three, speak Lord for your servant is listening. Here we go. One, two, three. Speak Lord for your servant is listening. Good job. When that alarm goes off in the moment, it's a real wake-up call. There's an awakening when God speaks. In the middle of the night, Samuel had to get up. Get up. And there's times that your alarm goes off in expected moments and times when your alarm goes off in very unexpected moments. But it's time to get up. It's time to wake up. And when God awakens us, God will give information, but ultimately the purpose is for transformation. When Samuel said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, there a whole bunch of stuff that God began to tell Samuel. And a lot of it had to do with Eli and his sons, and that he was saying that Eli's sons are just rascals. They're ridiculous. And we learned this in the chapter preceding how ridiculous they are. In fact, they are so ridiculous and detestable that they, uh, they bully women around, they bully men around as they do their work in the tabernacle. They take all kinds of food stuff that, that ought not go to them, and they just really are incredibly abusive and manipulative of any scene and situation they get into. And God says, I am so tired of those two. They are not going to ascend to leadership. I'm taking them out of the picture. And, and Samuel winds up telling Eli this, and it would say of Samuel that God would not let a single word of his fall to the ground. I mean, Samuel means that he's a really good prophet. That's the definition of a really, really good prophet. None of his words would fall to the ground. And what winds up happening with Samuel as he is awakened? See, he's in this comparative contrasting mode to Hophni and Phinehas. You know, it's like, hey, Hophni, yeah, Phinehas, hey, what, what do you want to do today? Well, I say we some, abuse some of the people that come into the tabernacle. And I say we take extra meat and we just really bully people around. Yeah, that sounds like a great deal. That's what they did all the time. And God got sick and tired. But you had to know that the word of God was coming to those two. In fact, we see it time and again. Like the dad Eli would say, you boys need to straighten up. You boys need to straighten up. And they wouldn't do it. But Samuel, in a comparative contrasting kind of mode, it would talk about the young boy who would wear an ephod. An ephod, and you see this pop up in scripture now and again. It would be, it would be a, a garment that would have... 12 different stones on it that would represent the 12 tribes of Israel. And it's a priestly garment. It's a prophetic garment. And you see that pop up now and again. And he would wear this ephod. And then his mom, Hannah, would bring him a new robe every year. And probably because he was outgrown him. But what we wind up seeing, transformation, is a boy who is becoming a wonderful and amazing priest. I want to tell you this, that there is, when you begin to awaken to God's call in your life, there is a natural progression as you're not just informed, but as you begin to, to live into the things that God calls you to live into, you just naturally are transformed into amazing things that God wants you to be and to do. One more time, 
On the count of three, can we say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening? One, two, three. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Good job. The mindset when God speaks is specifically that on servant. We need to put our servant hat on. And Samuel had his servant hat on. He had this down pat. He was constantly running into Eli going, hey, how can I help you, Eli? He knew that Eli wasn't getting around too well and Eli needed a little extra help. He's constantly moving in to help others. But, but Samuel's there with a servant hat in regards to God as well. Oh, man, this is one of the worst things I've got to tell you. I'm going to turn in a man card. I turn them in far too often, I'm afraid of. I saw the movie Downton Abbey. I've avoided that genre of story for years and years and years and years. But uh, to be a good husband, I went to Downton Abbey. Not only did I go to Downton Abbey, the movie, I watched some kind of documentary on Highclere Castle, which is the actual castle where they do the filming of Downton Abbey at. And one of the little vignettes on there was fascinating in that they had this bell system that the folks in the upper level of the house would pull this little cord. It would ring this bell system and would indicate like who was to go help whom where. And they would ring this little bell and they would move. One of the interesting things about the storyline of that, I just hate it that I know this, but that the folks in the upper part of the house, the ruling class and those in the lower part of the house, the servants had a wonderful relationship with each other. They didn't, they just really felt that they were all in it together to build a wonderful community. And they each had these different roles that they were supposed to fulfill. Spoiler alert, I don't care. Guys, you don't have to go see the movie Downton Abbey. I'm going to tell you what goes on. But if you need to be a good husband, you better go see that movie. All right. Uh, all kinds of mayhem uh, ensues when the king and queen and that family, the monarchs, are going to make a visit to Downton, and the servants are ecstatic that they get to serve the king and queen. Little do they know that the king and queen, that the royals have their own band of traveling servants who are going to just push the regular folk aside so they will know exactly how to serve the king and queen. And a lot of the, the, the hijinks happens as they uh, slip the chef a Mickey and put him out on Benadryl and they lock up the chief butler and then they kind of, you know, with a few shenanigans, shush away the rest of the staff and they get to serve the monarchs. You know, it's like, but what a joy it was for them to serve. I just say, what a joy it is for us to serve. And we're rooting for them. Who gets to serve? The Down Abbey crowd gets to serve. Gang, we don't have to shove anybody out to be servants of the Lord God Almighty. We get to serve God and we get to serve others. And you better be ready for that to put your servant hat on when it comes to listening to God because that is the only kind of role that we will be called into. And you might wind up having incredible favor and have all kinds of wonderful leadership things, but your servant hat will need to be on. Well, how do I know when God speaks? Yes, Scripture tells us that you're going to know that God is God simply by walking through creation. And notice that it says creation, it doesn't say nature because creation is creation, God created. And so often I'll hear individuals say, well, I, when I go out and when I'm hunting, when I'm fishing, you know, I can really connect with God better than I ever can in a worship service. I wanna say better, so it's different because you're, you're right in God's handiwork, you're right in God's artistry. Of course you can connect with God out there. That's what it's meant, God speaks through his creation. But I would submit this, if that's the only point of connection, 
and you don't get corporate body of Christ people together, there are things you can never experience out in creation that you experience in a setting just like this because you can also experience God, uh, hear God's voice through the people of God. And that might be in discerning what people who are with you right now, people who've gone before, people with wisdom, that the people of God will be a blessing and will speak and will, will help you understand God's direction in your life and know that the very spirit of God, as we've talked about and attested, will speak to your spirit as well. God's, my sheep know my voice and the word of God. It all squares up. It's always going to square up with the word of God again that any kind of, if, if whatever direction God takes you, is like, oh, well, that really matches the word of God, so that makes sense. Two stories. One I'm going to tell you, one we're going to watch on the screen together in regards to listening. This is just a, a simple little story. I was blessed in a small listening moment. Not that long ago, I went to an early breakfast at Grand Coney. 6.30 a.m., I walk in, and I see, I see a little dude that I know. I really like him a lot. I've known him for 12 years, uh, knocking down some breakfast with a buddy. And I wonder, hey, I say, hey who, who'd you come here? Oh, we rode our bikes down here. And they just rode their bikes. They're going to kind of make a day. They're, they're knocking down lumberjack-sized breakfast. They're just knocking it down. The little guy's name's Ramsey. And I, I like Ramsey a lot because my very first Christmas that I was in West Michigan at Allendale Wesleyan Church, I love Christmas Eve. And I've got this thing about real babies at Christmas Eve. And his mom and dad, Chad and Carrie, were sitting somewhere in the back. And I go, oh, it's a real baby, just a month old. And I walked back, and they were so gracious, they extended little Ramsey to me, and I got to walk up and down the aisle, and I was able to talk about how Jesus Christ came incarnate in the frailty of flesh and how real it was, and just walked up and down the aisle and handed Ramsey back. And it's, it's always been interesting. Ever, when I run into him and I've watched him grow up, he is, he's a hoot, he's smart, he's energetic. But I've got that connection from him because 12 years ago, that was really special for me. But I continue to kind of mark moments. I go, I like this kid. And, and it's really interesting, the, uh, the server at the restaurant offered them coffee, and they declined it, but I noticed they were drinking out of mugs. I asked her, are they drinking coffee? Oh, yeah, they've had like three or four glasses, cups of coffee right now. They're just kind of hitting the other one. My goodness gracious. I felt the Spirit of God say this simple thing. You buy him a $12 gift card to Grand Coney, and you tell him how special he is to you. It's really simple. Oh, okay. I can do that. Did that wrote a note, not just like, hey, here's what, but I, I, I really had to articulate what you mean to me. And we've had a couple of conversations since then, kind of a thing, but, but the conversations that have ensued after have been nothing but a blessing to me. Nothing but a blessing. And it was good act of obedience to make sure that I was able to articulate what someone in a generation that follows, how that person has blessed me. Well, there's another kind of listening to God moment. This is from James Farmer. And James had a moment where he really needed to listen to God to see how he would follow through. I want you to know, uh, the family uh, that, that James, of the individual that James talks to has given us two thumbs up to say, please share this story. And to just watch this, and I think God will speak to you. It 
was around Easter time, and we were leaving, um, I think we were leaving church, and took our normal route, and uh, we, we passed this house, and um, just noticed that the garage door was kind of caved in. And, and we just made the comment, you know, oh, I you know, hope, hope whoever, you know, hope the person's okay, or, mm -hmm. you know, and, and drove by, and for whatever reason, it kind of stuck with me a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it, I'm not, it wasn't really a feeling, but it was just like, Maybe, maybe he does need help. But mm -hmm. So next week went by and kind of same route and everything. And notice, oh, it's still in the same position. And I got that same kind of feeling or, you know, uh, thought. But the more time went by, the more I kept on thinking about it. Not just when I pa passed it. I'd just be, would, would be okay. driving or, or okay. maybe praying or whatever. And then all of a sudden I would just kind of get a thought of, I wonder if that person's okay. And there was one time I remember specifically where I was driving and I thought that again. I go, you know, what are you trying to tell me, God? And immediately when I did that, um, a song on the radio on my playlist went, which was uh, called Fearless by uh, DC Talk. And I thought, well, <laughs> how ironic, you know, okay, I, I, you know, I, you must be telling me something, right? So the next day I was driving and I, um, I said, you know what, if that's really the case, let me, you know, I'm going to drive past this house and if I drive, during this small stretch, if that song comes back on, you know, you're telling me to do it. So I was driving and um, came up to his house, and sure enough, on random, the song clicks in. <laughs> um, so probably a normal person would say, okay, you're, I'm, I'm going to go, and I was still being a little skeptical, so I said, all right, I've got 90 songs on my playlist. I'm going to go in random mode, and if it's the very last song, then I know, right? Um, and drove around for <laughs> another five or ten minutes clicking through random and sure enough song number 90 it was the very last song it happened right when I was driving by his house again song number 90 and I said all right then I drove right into his driveway and said okay. all right yeah go check in so I got out um, walked up his ramp and knocked on the door um, was hoping that wasn't gonna get an answer <laughs> but uh, sure enough I hear someone say, come in. Um, there was an elderly gentleman sitting there with his adult coloring book and listening to music. And hmm. I said, I, you know, just say, I hope, hope I'm not disturbing. you introduce yourself? I said, well, I hope I'm not disturbing you. Yeah, I just, I'm from, I think I might say, I'm from Life Street Church and I drive by your house a few times and I've just noticed that uh, your garage door is, is, uh, has been down for a little bit and, you know, just want to make sure everything is okay. And, I think at first he thought it was maybe a salesman because he started saying, oh, well, you know, I already got some quotes. And I said, well, I'm not trying to <laughs> sell you anything here. I just, you know, we started talking. And by now, this time, I'm trying to figure out what, you know, I've established, okay, I'm supposed to come here, but what's kind of the reason? Right, you're it out. Yeah, so I thought maybe first it was he needed help with the garage. That wasn't the case. I thought, well, you know, does he know, maybe he doesn't know the Lord or, um, but we started talking about, he started talking about church, uh, the church that he goes to. I think he was going deaf. He might have had maybe him blind in one eye. And he, mm. But he talked about how the Lord had blessed him and, mm. and even healed him on some occasions. Really? So yeah, he really was, really? yeah. I was here for almost over an hour and a half just talking to the guy. And um, he just seemed really engaged where he just wanted to keep on talking. Um, so after I visited him, um, or towards the end of the, the conversation, I just said, you know, here's my number and um, information. And I got his information anytime you want to, get hold of me, let me know, and um, did you mind if I come and 
visit you if you you know again and just say hi and he said yeah absolutely so um, probably three four weeks later I stopped in and, and visited him and, and same thing had another long conversation and um, was planning on going again and um, was happening to go through the uh, the news on my phone and um, saw that um, he had been in a car accident and had passed away um, and so it really made me start to think you know, the reason I was there was one just to maybe uh, be be there as a friend to somebody um, keep them company and then um, another was maybe a lesson for me you know don't don't let something like fear get in the way of going and doing something that you think God's telling you to do because you might not get that that second opportunity. Um, I thought a few times what would have happened if I would have just ignored it and then found out later uh, that it happened. You know what? You know where you know what I've been. What would I thought uh, with that? So. We get, let's do that. Yeah, his granddaughter knocked the door in. Uh, his son fixed the door. Uh, had a conversation with the family. He was a lonely guy. And he needed someone to be good company. When they heard that James was stopping in, they were utterly ecstatic that that was happening for dad, that that was happening for grandpa. And so, a lonely gentleman that days on earth are numbered, and God had a servant named James who said, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Today, just to reiterate the fact how utterly important it is for each of us to be a child of God, and I really do invite you, if the Spirit of God is speaking to you to say, I want to be forgiven and I want to follow you to indicate that on the back of your yellow welcome card, to put that in the offering, and we want to have a conversation with you just to pray over you, to celebrate God's goodness in your life. And I'm going to ask everybody if you would stand at this time. And our prayer is this. It's an open-eyed prayer that we're going to extend to the Lord, and it is simply for us to say what we've been saying the whole time. Just on the count of three, if we would say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Here we go. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And that's good. Can, can we do it in a really resounding, bold, vibrant way? Like, argh, here we go. Ready? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Oh, that's good. And now like a whisper, like a holy hush. Let's do that together. Here we go. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. 